Welcome to Mental Health Matters with Marty, Season 2, Episode 16. My name is Martina Sellers, marriage and family therapist here in the beautiful state of California where the sun is always shining. I will serve as your host and mental health hygienist. Each week, I will bring to you thought-provoking topics on mental health to move you from doubt and discouragement to encouragement and empowerment. We have to stop the stinking thinking that has plagued us for far too long. You do not have to continue to suffer secretly in silence in the shadow of shame, but speak up, speak out, and live. I'm so excited that we have been doing this series on domestic violence, and today is the part three of this, and I'm so excited to have our guest with us, a dear friend of mine that I've known for 20 plus years, none other than Cheryl Patton Dantridge. Today's episode of Mental Health Matters with Marty is sponsored by Marcel Consulting and Mental Health Services, providing quality service in mental health, parenting, anger management, and domestic violence classes, as well as foster care services throughout Southern California. Please reach out at www.marcelconsulting.com for any additional inquiries. Again, that's www.marcelconsulting.com. All right, guys, I am so excited as we've been talking about domestic violence and that October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I am so excited to have in our studio and on the podcast today, very, very good friend of mine. We've known each other forever, it feels like. (laughs) But but listen, my fellow sister Libra here, because we always celebrate our birthdays. Yeah. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, let's welcome to the Mental Health Matters with Marty show, Cheryl Patton Dandridge. Cheryl, welcome to the show. Thank you, Marty. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Of course. Listen, I am so grateful that you have not been silent as it pertains to domestic violence. And you were on my Facebook live show about three years ago. I reposted it um, this past week. And Cheryl, we are, you are still getting lots of hits and likes from that, that people are really just amazed by your story Wow! Um, with that, because you are such a vibrant personality. You have a vibrant personality. You're an amazing mother, an amazing singer, a uh, woman of God, all these things. And, for those of you who may not know, Cheryl and I, we went to church together. We yep. sang in everybody's choir. Everybody. Uh, yes, yes. We are the original hey, members. Hey, non- of- hey, let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we have more non-paid gigs than non-paid we did paid gigs. Right. <laughs> and Jesus we paid the- it all. That's how we had to say it. That's <laughs> well, all. listen, I need to, that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> and part of the original singers of Brent Jones and the T.P. Mob. When we were the total praise singers. Yes, yes. But you have this such an amazing personality and outgoing and extrovert, all this. So I'm not going to lie. It was shocking to us when we discovered that you were in a relationship, in a marriage that was um, very vital and not vital, but very violent in that regards. Um, And you guys had children working every day and and those type of things. So can you kind of recap and share with us what's your story, Cheryl, about as it pertains to domestic violence? So, um, I think that, uh, for a lot, uh, lack of a better words, I guess I would say 
I functioned in the dysfunction. I say that all the time. Right. Wow. Um, because um, I did. I was working full time, raising right. four kids, right. singing on the praise team, mm -hmm. uh, traveling with the group when we travel, performing right. on the weekends, singing at weddings. I mean, I was all over the place. And I actually think that music, for a lot of reasons, uh, was my safe place. Yes. I think uh, church was my safe place, but more yes. importantly, I believe music was my safe place. And I can recall um, taking some time off right before the end of the marriage to not sing and not do anything. And I, I slipped into a depression. Right. And so right. I know that music for me has always been my place of refuge. It's the right. only place that I have for myself. It's right. the only thing that nobody can take away from me. Um, it's the only thing that I have to war WAR right. against everything that I come to see as, yeah. you know, as an emergency, as an enemy. Um, music for me has always been that place for me. So I think right. having to leave that uh, opened my eyes up to what I was really dealing with. I didn't yeah. I didn't know. But I certainly hid that from uh, everybody. And I don't yeah. I don't know uh, when I think about it. I try to think about uh, it. It was difficult to look at, but I think uh, because I wasn't really sure that it was domestic violence, and I say That's that it. because I was not physically um, abused, it was more of an emotional and mental thing. And right. so because of that, I felt like we were just arguing or right. we were just right. having a disagreement. And um, because I'm highly competitive, I've always uh -huh. been that way as a student athlete, as a child, Right. men were the same to me. Men and women are the same to me. What I mean okay. by that is yeah. like some of my friends would get cutesy because a guy would come to me. We played on the basketball court. He's nothing. He gets musty. You get musty. Like we right, all right. get musty. So for me, <laughs> I didn't right. think of what I was dealing with with my ex-husband as something that was really going to impact me later. I right. felt like if he said something, I'm going to say something. If right. you do something, I'm going to do. You know, so for me, right. it was always that. I never really thought about it. So that was a piece of me, a small piece of me, but mm -hmm. music was a bigger part of me, and that's where I live. Right. And so I for like me, what you're saying even like with that. that, though, Cheryl, about a lot of times we don't recognize the signs. It's, it's not something that's commonly discussed. No. And and you came from a beautiful family. You, your, yeah. your family is so beautiful. So a lot of times, because there are certain things that we say, well, this is just normal. This is just couples. Couples are going to argue. Right. Um, you know, but when it turns to becoming an everyday pattern, then you go, wait a minute, something doesn't feel right. Right. Um, in that. Tell us some of your story about, um, how long you guys were, you know, when you met, where you met, kind of engagement, having okay. four children, uh, and your children are amazing. And congrats to being a new grandmother to this amazing. Gochi. I'm a Gochi. Yeah, a Gochi. Okay. <laughs> um, so we met, um, I started, I was singing on the base. That's where he was in the military. Right, right. And so I started singing with uh, one of the, our friends of ours that, created yes. a choir kind of on the base. That's where I met him. Uh -huh. We only dated for a few months before okay. I found out I was pregnant. So I actually okay. married because I was trying to correct a problem, if that makes sense. I'm yes. active at my yes. church. I'm the singles, right. the singles ministry president. 
Uh-huh. How are you the singles ministry president doing all this promotion and you are pregnant? So I was right. really feel like I was really covering up a situation as uh -huh. opposed to really looking at it. Because quite honestly, I was not ready to get married, even though right. he and I had discussed it. I wasn't ready. Um, I didn't really want to. As a matter of fact, mm -hmm. he kept pushing that he really wanted to marry me. And so I finally just said, OK, let's just do this. But it really right. wasn't because I was really in it because I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh -huh. um, I feel like I talked to my pastor about it right. and I told him I really wasn't excited. Like, I feel like a bride should be excited. Sure. And um, he said, when you know, you kind of don't have excitement. But I think that was malinformation because when I look mm -hmm. back and I know how my personality is, right. and I'm hands moving, eyes rolling, right. head curling, all of that. <laughs> when you find out that you're getting married, it would be just that to another level right as right. opposed to me saying well okay well we're gonna get married we're gonna right you know that just it just didn't sit well so yeah yeah and and, and thank you for that because how many people do we know or or, or possibly heard of who've gotten married because of that right. or for those similar situations because you were, you know, and I thank you for your honesty with saying, you know, you were over the singles ministry. And yeah. and, and, that, and that goes with my whole talk that I really want to do one day. It's really about um, sex, sexuality, and how we talk about it in the context of church. Right. Uh, because I think we have done a poor job, N no disrespect to the pastors or what have you, but we have not had honors conversations about sex and sexuality uh, when it comes to that in, in, in church and Christendom uh, in that aspect as well. So I feel that, you know, even in your situation, possibly there was a pressure that Absolutely. you had to follow through with that, even though this was not a good match. And then no. you weren't even excited about the, the wedding, the, the marriage itself. And so do we allow ourselves to just be in this? Well, am I almost arranged, if you will? Might as well go situation. ahead and go through it. Yeah. And right. I, and I, you know, the thing is, across the board, church or no church, Mm -hmm. We have to learn to be transparent. We That's have to good. learn to be honest and we have to be able to stand up in whatever decisions we've made yes. and say, I made that decision. Yes. And I think we hide behind what we think people are going to think. I mean, That's good. the things that I have learned since that time to now of the impressions and the perceptions that I had about people in ministry and outside right. of ministry are they're the same the people yes. in ministry that i know are acting the same way as the people that aren't ooh, in ministry ooh, ooh, ooh. So, <laughs> that, that's another I'm, podcast so i'm not saying what i'm doing because what the only reason and this is what one of the mothers of the church told me the only reason why uh -huh. you are in a situation is because you got caught everybody else is doing the same thing and they just didn't right get it's wow. really how you manage it once you get caught wow and that and, was and, a, that was the situation. Yeah, I love it that we cannot be ashamed of mistakes or, or situations that we own up to our truth, live through it, be happy, let's support one another or find that support system that's going to come alongside you. That Because that matter, matters so much to our mental wellness uh, uh, and how we continue and look at things like that. In well, it would have been it would have been a safer it would have been a safer option. Yes. If we hadn't gotten married, because when I think about it, three months is mm. not long enough. You don't know the person. They don't know right. you. If we had managed parenthood from the time that I first got pregnant 
as separate individuals who right. maybe eventually decided to do this. That right. would have been a better choice for me. But I was caught up in what it looked like, what people were going to say, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we had the first, well, the first babies were twins, actually. So right. we had twins first. And then um, not after, not too long, they were nine months old. And I found out I was pregnant again. I mean, this was all, even though it didn't seem traumatic, it was really traumatic. One, I didn't yes. want to get married. I'm pregnant. The babies were early. Then we had to yes. deal with that. And then we have another, and we really hadn't developed our marital relationship. So it was just, it was just too much. It was a whirlwind. And I would, you know, in his defense, it probably was a whirlwind for him. I thank God that he never was physical, but. Yes. I think that we were so well liked. Nobody would have believed the things that I was dealing with. So I never said anything. I said nobody right. that. Nobody's gonna believe that he acted like a jerk. I mean, nobody would believe right. that. They but, still but, don't. They still right. don't. Because because he has such a likable personality too. Right. He's very active in church. And I think that's what we have to so what we have to do is really look at the situation and not hide behind this person is a leader here, this person is doing that, but really look at who we are as individuals and get the support that we definitely right. need right. in order to make it. Um, I, I, I love this whole transparency about not having time because you guys were going now into a ready-made family situation. Absolutely. So and trauma, trauma, and tr because yes. the babies were small. So we yes. had this brand new marriage. We didn't really know each other. We're three months into the relationship. Yes. We had to get married. Well, we got married in November. Yes. The babies were born in December, three and a half months early. They yes. were in the hospital for three and a half months. And then when they were nine months, I yes. find out I'm pregnant with the next child. Are you kidding yes. me? Like, this was like too much going on. And yes. we still have to work. And we still have to keep yes. our jobs and manage, you know, whatever. It, it just was a lot. Now, we had a lot of support. But I think from, um, I think that I, I feel like I managed that in a whole nother way because sure. I had a different support system mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. talk mm -hmm. and I don't know for a man it's different. You know, his it is. background was different. His, his being raised was different. I had a huge support system and still do. Right. Um, and so if I needed help, there were people that I could go to when we needed couples, you know, we hung right. out with couples and stuff like that. We right. had a lot of support, but I was the one that was talking. He wasn't right. necessarily talking. And then he's a, a military. So we have to deal with that yeah. whole thing. All those things that can come with military. Absolutely. Possibly PTSD. some PTSD. Thank yep. you. Z, Mental Z, health, with... bipolar yes. disorder, all of that. Yes. Yes. So now you're dealing with all of that military, all the background and 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 let's be honest, some of his baggage, dealing with our own baggage. Now yep. you're in this relationship now which has now turned into a marriage having twins that were premature they're in the hospital for three months then you find out later that you, you know th uh, right shortly after that you're pregnant yep. um, with your third child now yep. and within all this happening within a year's time within which is a, a whirlwind of whirlwind? an experience don't yes forget the drug abuse that was added on top of that so yes. you have drug abuse that he was yes. doing on top of that so there yes. was a lot and i was i was um I was gone a lot. I don't know if that was really impactful because actually he was much better at home with the kids, you know, rolling around right. on the floor, that kind of thing. He was just better at that. That was not my thing. And it was funny because pastor's wife used to always tell me, <laughs> you know, uh, one of the things that showed that I wasn't ready. And I don't know if this is true or not. 
but uh -huh. it rings it rings for me sometimes is that I didn't fully take on the wife part by taking his last name. I hyphenated my last name, mm. but I don't know that that maybe subliminally that was it. But I mm -hmm. just thought it was cool to have a hyphenated name. I wasn't right. thinking I'm not really going to be with him for real, for real. I right. just kind of liked the aspect of having a hyphenated name. But maybe there's something already, to that. You had already established yourself as Cheryl Patton. Maybe. We, we knew how that was too, maybe with that and, and with that as well. So all the things that you have done and now your life has now done a whole whirlwind. I can't even imagine the mental health condition that you are going through. Um, and I get it. We, you and I have very similar personalities that we're very extroverted type people. So right. we know how to hide all of those things. And we, uh, because I know you, we delve and dig into the things we love. For us, it was worship. For us, it was singing. For us, it was gigging, doing all those things just to become an escape. Um, and, and so that we don't even lose our own identity. Because now, Cheryl, we were in our 20s. Yeah. It's, it's not like, you know, we yeah. were in our mid to late 20s by now and yeah. trying to do this thing called adulting. Yeah, you know? it was it was definitely rushed and different. I, I often wonder, and it's really interesting when you say something about therapy, because I never went. Well, I can't say I never went to a therapist because I, I never had these breakdowns. I was expecting to have a right. breakdown when I left. When I left the marriage, I was expecting to, you know, because I plowed through. I still, I never stopped working. Even after right. I had the kids, I had to go right back because he lost his job. He didn't have a job. He right. didn't want a job, couldn't keep a job, all that job stuff. Right, he right. wasn't doing it. So right. I never, ever got a chance to stop, like stop and just take a breather. I never had that opportunity. And so I learned I think as a result of that, to just keep going. I didn't mm -hmm. think that there was, I just didn't even know when I could take a break. Like, when can wow. I take a break? I have these kids. And then once I left him, I thought, okay, once I move, um, I'll have a moment where, you know, my kids came after mm -hmm. me. I came first. So I thought, well, who, maybe when I get home right. or get settled in a new spot, I'll be able to have right. this moment. I never, ever had a moment where it was like, a breakdown. I never had that. Now, before I left California, I um, spent some time with a friend of mine. He and I are really close. And he mm -hmm. he and I used to date, actually, and mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. stopped dating. But he told me, um, he said it was something about the fact that I stopped singing. And I stopped singing right before I left my husband because right. I wanted to see him. See right. him and see what I really was dealing with. Right. Um, but this friend of mine said, I hate that we broke up because I feel like you've had to deal with a series of people that really did you harm. Mm -hmm. And he said, and I'm so sorry for that. Mm. He said, I am so sorry that because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And I knew what I was supposed to do to be right by you. I mm -hmm. chose to let, to allow you to let me go. And mm -hmm. he said, but I apologize because you mm. would not deal with the stuff that you have to deal with now. And he broke down in the car. We were sitting in the wow. car talking. And I think in that moment, God took all of that from me. Wow. I think the pain, I think yes. the apology that I needed, I think right. everything in that moment, he took that. So I 
feel like that was my healing moment. I never wow. had a breakdown where, you know, I was with the kids. I hate you or whatever. I right. never had. I never had that. <laughs> right. And I really think it was because of that moment. I'm totally indebted to him for wow. that moment, because if you know anything about and I know you do, there's a mm -hmm. there's a gentleman in L.A. I can't think of his name. Bell, I think his last name is. But anyway, he does workshops for women where the men mm -hmm. are total strangers. They're just men mm -hmm. of the church. And mm -hmm. they apologize to the women for, let's say, you've been raped or whatever yes. that is. Yes. But in that moment, that transfer yes. of feelings um, for me was right. all that I needed. And and God and God allowed me to let my healing come. And I didn't even know that the healing was coming. I right. just couldn't figure out why he was so broken. I mean, the car was shaking. Literally, he was just right. overwhelmed and just crying for like 30 or 40 minutes. And I think he took the pain. Yes. I literally, I mean, so I've gone to, since I've been here, I've, I've gone to a therapist just thinking maybe I should still talk to someone. I have not mm -hmm. had a moment. I haven't had. But, but everyone grieves and, and deals with different, you know, whether it's DV, uh, grief or what have you, everyone deals differently. And everyone, I don't believe your personality is like that, Cheryl, what I know about you. And because and, 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 we've been friends for over almost 30 years, years now. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But we're not. Quite. We're just 35, so uh, right. we've been knowing each well, other. We were babies, child. We were babies. <laughs> but, but your personality type is not one who just got breaks down. And I love what you said earlier. You said you were busy. You, you, you never took a moment to stop. Because for you, possibly, that, that stopping moment would have been a breakdown moment. So that was your way of coping with the situation as yeah. best as you knew how to. Because you're a leader. You're, you're already competitive. You're athletic, you know, in, in all those things. So that is not your personality in that. And I love it. The second part I love was even the healing of words. And we f fail to realize yeah. how healing a simple thing as I'm sorry, will you forgive oh me? Oh, my God. And I is think, you know, when you love, when you know your and words of affirmation is my love language. Their love so, language. OK. So I also with that was somebody actually taking the time to say yes. they were sorry. It wasn't even their problem to solve. Yes. I mean, I wasn't really so caught up into this guy that I couldn't see somebody new. Right. But just the fact that he took that pain, it showed me the compassion that he had for me. And yes. I think in that moment, that's what I needed. I just think yes. that that's, I mean, I've, I've gone to, I've gone to a therapist here just to, Cause I, like I said, I didn't have a breakdown. So I thought, mm -hmm. well, maybe I'm really masking something. So I went to this lady mm -hmm. and, uh, she said, you know, you're so entertaining. You're just so funny. I'm right. thinking, lady, you're supposed to be you're supposed, supposed to be sick. <laughs> now look, you can't be laughing because I don't, you know, so she was like, this is just, you're just so animated the way you talk. And I was like, I need somebody black, child. I can't do that. Right. But, but I need you to say, take the hand movements out. I need okay. you not to buck your eyes. I need right. you not to turn your head and now repeat what you just said. And I feel like if I had somebody that could do that, maybe I'll be like, and then he said. <laughs> but I never had that moment. I but, thank but God that's that. that you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with, with with that, because you you are just naturally a strong person. And for but you. But when do we get a break? Well, you can I don't know. What, what I need a brain? stronger person. You need a stronger person. Six, I guess seven, it. eight, child. Tell them. <laughs> I need right. a stronger person than me. <laughs> but but I, I love what you said, because you said something earlier that I want to go back to. You said that 
at the time, especially for us in our black culture and, and, and cultures of color, we never think about going to a therapist. One, because we've always thought that was something uh, bougie for our Euro, right. Euro, yeah, Euro-American uh, counterparts and brothers. Right. Yeah, I love her. brothers and sisters. That was for them, but not for us. And I love that. That's why I want to do this, what I do with Mental Health Matters, because I want more of us to realize, listen, just because you may not feel something or, or, or therapy is not because you're just bipolar or schizophrenic right. or have these things, but it could be just something. I just need to talk to someone just to make sure that I'm on the right that track. That I'm okay. Exactly. Yes. And listen yes. to me. All yes. the people that we thought, all the people that we think are having mental health issues, whatever those are, depression, psychosis, all that stuff. Right. Listen. Right now, the times right now, everybody yes. has a mental health problem. That's it. We've got That's the pandemic. It. We've got yes. Black Lives Matter. We've got yes. police brutality. We've yes. got the election coming up. We are yes. all crazy right now. So right. I'm just saying, find somebody <laughs> to talk to because yes. I have to. I have chosen to not go below 70 and 70%. Mm. And what that means for me. Mm -hmm. And because I am, like you say, I'm a leader, I always mm -hmm. go from the back to the front somehow. Mm -hmm. I could go in the back mm -hmm. of the room and they say, you right there. Can you? you right, can you right. Help? And this next thing I know, I'm leading the class. So right. I know that for me, because everybody considers me to be that person, that I can't go below 70% mm -hmm. because good. nobody's strong enough to pull me up. That's my perception. I may or might not be right. true, but I know for me, it's just when I feel like I'm getting close to 70%, I call people on my yes. own. Like I'll call and say, okay, does this sound? Because right. if I go below 70, I feel like I will drop so low. It'll be so difficult to pull me back up. But that's good. That's that's what I like to call self-awareness yes. and knowing knowing thyself and knowing yes. when you are at the moment where you're like, my scales are about to tip, Sister Libra. Right. And, and if, if, if we don't do something real quick, if I don't talk to somebody, right. uh, I, I don't even know what my result is going to be. So, Absolutely. so because that's an area I'm not sure about, I need some help. Right. And, and I encourage and thank you for sharing that, that to, more of us need to know what our breaking points are. Well, and we, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I was going to say more of us need to be honest yes. when we feel something that we say something or we yes. do something because I think we continue to push that down. Like, I didn't really feel that. I didn't really hear that. Yes. I didn't really, you know, and yes. that's the part that gets us confused to me. Yes. When you continue to operate as if everything is okay and it's not, you yes. create two worlds. Now you yes. create a real world and you created a fake world. That's good. And at some point when the pressures hit, those two yep. worlds are going to come together They'll and based collide. on your mental status, yes. you might flip into the world that you don't really want to know about. But you said something really important too, because I and definitely statistics show and patterns show that even in domestic violence relationship, and let's, you know, I want to define that a little bit more too, because anytime that uh, the whole thing about domestic violence is control. Power and control. Power and control. So when I'm controlling your finances or, or arguing or constantly threatening you or isolating, you know, those are definitely key signs and, and, and key triggers that we can see that those are symptoms of domestic violence. And there there is a problem we have to uh, get through and talk about. For you, what was the final straw that really told you, said, 
this is it. I, I'm done. I need to, to love and protect myself, my children, and that you knew that this was the end of that particular relationship for you. Um, I think for me, the final straw was when we were just having a regular conversation. We were watching TV. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, you know, I could kill you. And mm. then go help your family look for you. Mm. Wow. And I'm thinking, we're just watching TV. Like, we're not right. arguing. I'm thinking, these are your thoughts, and we just watching Lucille Ball. Like, that's right. So, right. for me, it was like, so if you've thought about that and mm-hmm. you have worked it out in your mind, he was like, mm-hmm. I will help with the posters. I will help, you know, I'll cry on TV if they look, mm. if they go that far. He said, I will help your grandmother and your grandfather and your parents mm-hmm. help look for you. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I said, well, so of course, because I'm a competitive person, I, right. had, to have a, right. I had to have a clap back. So I said, well, <laughs> I have friends that will cut you up. And you'll be still sitting at your desk for three days and they won't know anything until your body starts stinking. Now, of right. course, I didn't know no friends, but you know, you got to Right, 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 right. You got to come back. I had right. to have a class. But I'm thinking in my mind, this person is saying this to me. We are not right. arguing. So you've actually thought about, this is something I need to be paying attention to. Yes. I called my father yes. the next morning who worked for the uh, county probation department and I called my yes. sister. And I gave them all of his pertinent information. And I said, if anything happens to me, you need to know this information. And these are the people you need to look for. And I had to, you know, but I think for me, it was knowing that I was really in danger. Yes. Uh, Yes. And I had no idea. I mean, right. I'm more in danger by his thoughts than I am by his actual physical actions. He never put his hands on me. But the right. fact that he had been thinking those things was really disturbing. It's concerning. Yes. And I love it. It, it. What you did was you came back through with a plan and then you let certain people know. And that's part of the recovery from that as well, that I tell even those who have it, what is your plan? Now that you realize and say, hey, this is not going to work and my life is at danger. My life is at stake begin to develop that safety plan so that you can escape as quickly as possible and letting very few people know so that you can get up and get out. Well, I will tell you two things to the person who has to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, Number one, he cannot know that you're leaving. That's it. That's it. And there really is no time. The only, the only thing that you know about it being the right time to leave is that it's the time to leave and you have a window. Yes. You don't have, there's no, I can't say that there's a plan. There's no plan. Mm -hmm. I mean, depending on everybody's situation is different. Every man, and we're talking about men because we're talking Mm -hmm. about women, but Mm -hmm. um, every man is different in terms of how calculating he is, how much he's watching, how much he's tracking. I don't know if, if your phones are on the same account, all that kind of stuff. Makes a difference if you don't have yes. cold words, all of that. But the the other part of that that I learned in the personal empowerment class was that yes. the success rate of a domestic violent relationship is three yes. percent, and it doesn't matter what type of violence it is. Mm-hmm. So sexual, mental, yes. physical, yes. emotional, yes. verbal is three percent. Yes, and that is the most 
for me was the most sobering piece of information that I ever have gotten as it relates right. to um, domestic violence. That, and I didn't realize that spitting on a person is considered physical abuse. I yes. didn't know that. Yes. I thought you arguing, he's arguing. I never thought that spitting was was physical yes. violence. Like I never yes. thought that. Because it's so degrading. I never is, thought that. Yeah, yeah. And and thank you for sharing all of that because it's so important because so many people are suffering in silence. And what I like to say in the shadow of shame, but we have to speak up. We have to speak out in order that up. we might live. And that's why I love doing this show. And thank you for, for just being so vulnerable and sharing your story because you're going to be able to help so many other women who might be, you know, we, cause we'd like to stereotype says, well, they're not hitting me or, or those type of things. Yeah. But are they con- trying to control you mentally? Yeah. Are and it's con- not, it's subtle. It's subtle yes. for all the yes. people who say, I would never let a man hit on me. I, you know, everybody has an I would never. But let me tell you, right. it is so subtle, as subtle as I really like it when you wear your hair like this. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it because that's your man. You want to play. He'll say, I like it when you wear yellow or you look cuter right. in this or whatever. It's very, very subtle. It is nowhere near what you think. He's just going to walk up it. and say, hi, you want to go out and slap you in the face. It doesn't happen right. like that. Right. It's so subtle. It is so subtle. So for me, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't see any signs going in. Mm-hmm. The, the, the signs that I saw going in were funny stories that his military buddies told me about when right. he used to pop people off in the bar. That to me, that's just men extra energy. And again, because Especially I'm competitive. Men. Yeah. I'm competitive. You know, if somebody says something offensive, I can see how men might jump across the counter and hit somebody else. Okay, no, Cheryl, that's not really, <laughs> you know, that's not normal. Okay, right. So it's the stuff like that I dismissed, I think, mm-hmm. because, like I said, as a physical person, I can see how somebody could tick you off mm-hmm. and, you know, that kind of thing. But everything that happens in a domestic violence, in a domestic violent relationship is unique to those two people. Right. There. But the best strategy to me is when you get the window, you have yes. to leave. When it yes. happens the first time, you need to leave. And yes. I hate to say that because a lot of times there's marriages, you're in the church, all that stuff. People may not believe you. And that's the part that I think um, is really sad because yes. if you've never been in it, um, I don't look like I've been in one. Like you mm-hmm. wouldn't know that right. I've been in a situation. And right. it's not until I tell my story. It's so important for the people who've made it through to tell their story. Yes. Because people can get can glean from the fact that you That's made it. it, you look okay, you know, you have all your teeth or whatever. Yes. That is, you know, however you identify with the person that's made it through, is you would have no idea. People had no idea. I'm telling you, yes. even now, Marty, when I go back to church, they're just like, why did you leave him? And I'm thinking, ooh. Girl, child. If you only knew. Right. And we cannot be ashamed. It's like, especially when I say, hey, it's personal. And I respect, I would love if you respect the personal choice I made. And without having to find the need to go into detail with certain, there's certain people you that will never know the full story. And yeah. certain people who don't ever need to know the full story. But as long as you are comfortable with and your decision and you knew it was the right decision. We, and I love that you said, um, when it happens the first time, get out. You gotta go the first time. And the reason why you need to go the first time is because when you stay or when you go back, you 
I don't want to say you dumb yourself down a little bit, but you diminish who you are yes. and you accept something that is real as not being real. You're telling yourself, I didn't see what I saw. I didn't feel what I felt. Right. He didn't really hit me or he didn't really slap me or he right. didn't really. You're telling yourself that it didn't really happen and you're creating two worlds. And yes. you can't live in two worlds. You just can't. Love it. Because you're justifying. So now you're making excuses for that person and, and justifying their actions by discounting yourself. And I love it. Living in that world of fantasy, living in that lie world to whatever that might be, whether it's to put up a facade for someone else, to make yourself feel better, to make them feel better. And in an interview I did earlier, they were talking about how they then start to think for themselves, well, maybe I should have done this differently and I would not have made them mad. Where then you take on the responsibility when it's not your fault at all. Right. Not your fault. And let me tell you something, the, the after effects of a violent relationship takes a while. It's different yes. for it's it's deeper for an emotional a person who's been emotionally abused than yes. it is for physical abuse. And that doesn't yes. mean that there are no effects. But the event but the but the effects of somebody telling you different things about yourself yes. and you reliving those thoughts. The, your thoughts make uh, so much more of an impact. And so it's just um, to to not see it or to see something and not walk away. Mm -hmm. The effects of that are just, you just have no idea. Like I still, right. there's still ripple effects. For me, there are effects of PTSD mm -hmm. even now. And I've been gone. Like we divorced in 2003. Mm -hmm. I left him in 2001. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's still, I still have effects of, I don't, I don't go I'm not um, good in the dark still. Mm -hmm. Like I mm -hmm. don't, I don't do things in the dark. Uh, right. I'm really uncomfortable when I get lost. Right. And I think for me, it's just, I don't want to ever be in a, in a space where I don't have a way to get out. Right. That's so good. my claustrophobia has grown. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm really funny about, I mean, everywhere I go, I look for the exit door first. When I walk mm -hmm. in, I look for the exit. I sit on the edge of the, of the mm -hmm. aisle. I don't care if I'm in church or wherever. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting on the end seat. I mean, so there are things that, and people don't necessarily know those things because mm -hmm. I've created that for myself. Right. <laughs> so I always, right. if, if I'm uncomfortable, now I'm to the place where I'm okay with saying, uh, I can't watch that. Like, right. I can't. I used to be kind of uncomfortable or embarrassed about saying right. that but there are certain things that will trigger like horror movies stuff stuff like that right. like right. Uh, halloween for me is horrible right. that that right. okay listen so it's like different things like that have triggered certain things for me um and there are people that i have had to cut off when you have these conversations with people and you tell them right. this is my situation and they continue to ignore that because they think it's funny or whatever listen right. i will block you you i can't my right. emotions at this point cannot manage. I cannot manage abuse anymore. So when it first happens, I right. cut it off. Right. And my plan and is so... to go through with peace. And it's it's difficult to do, but you have to do it because you have ignored your intuition for so long. Women as women who go back and try to make excuses and all that. Right. We ignore our God-given intuition and you have to build that back up. Yes. Yes, you're right. And I love that you now have taken a new stance mm -hmm. and, and recognize your triggers, recognizing when you're uncomfortable. Because right. so many of us will, will 
pacify it and be like, well, it's me. No, this has triggered me. I'm not quite over that. So in order, I have to create safety zones. Yes. But you have to be able to say it out. I mean, even if you say it out loud to yourself, you have to be okay with yourself and say, you just can't do that. It's like certain people can drink five bottles of vodka. I'm just making that up. Sorry for that. (laughs) But some people can only drink a cup. Yes. You have to know your tolerance level and be okay with go. that. So I'm okay with standing against the grain. I'm okay when people don't yes. understand. I'm okay when they call me crazy because I tell them, listen, uh, I don't do Halloween. I'm okay with all of that because guess right. what? At the end of the day, I need to be at peace. And peace is me here inside of, on Halloween. I don't like Halloween, period. But that's so good. you just you, have to know. Yes, because now you're speaking to your own mental wellness and what is going to keep you healthy, what's going to keep you strong, what's going to keep you, right. uh, what keep Cheryl, Cheryl, right. and not anyone else. Right. That. Wow, Cheryl, this has been so, so amazing. I thank cannot you. thank you enough for, again, you sharing your story, you're being willing to share it. Is there one piece of advice that you would like to leave with our listeners? Hmm, I would just say trust yourself. Trust Good. your gut. Uh, your gut will never leave you wrong. And I call it the Holy Spirit. Some people yes. will call it your intuition. Some people yes. will call it your gut. But God gives us checks in our system. And when it doesn't feel right, it's because it isn't. And so at that point, you need to stop and take inventory and take a look at why you feel like you feel. And really take a look at things and be yes. honest with yourself if it's not right. It's not yes. right because it's not right. You know, that's good. I think that's the way you move forward. Yeah. So, Thank you again. I can't thank you enough. Trust me, this is not going to be your last time because we got to get child. you your own. Call me child. Call yeah, we got to get you your own podcast. You I know, will tell you... you, though, I do have my podcast. Can I say that? Can I? Of course. Please, please promote it. So my, um, I have a website. My website is Another Woman's Story. We have uh, anotherwomanstory.com. We are on Instagram. We also are on Spotify with our podcast. So you guys can um, listen to Apple. If you have Apple Podcasts, my story is there. I've interviewed several people. And um, certainly, Marty, I'm like... Uh, I didn't you? know. Yes. Now that I know. Listen, we're going to put that in the title so everyone will do that we'll and link there. and everything. And definitely... And follow us. Please follow us. Because yes. we're in a year now. We just celebrated a year on the 12th. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yes. Yes. Sure, I didn't know. That is amazing. Keep doing what you are doing. Your voice is needed in this podcast world. Thank you so much. And love what you're doing. Keep being a advocate and and sharing with other men, women, everyone about DV and the effects and how the healing process takes place with you. We need to have another show just about dealing with our children healing through DV. Absolutely. And if you need me for anything, I'm telling you now, call me. If any of your listeners want to talk, if they need me to come yes. and talk about, share my story, I really don't have a problem. I think uh, more of us need to be open about our experiences. Yes. So certainly reach out and I will certainly be available. Awesome. So awesome. Give us the name of your podcast show one more time. The name of the podcast is the same as the website, Another Woman's Story. You can reach me at anotherwomanstory at gmail.com. But we're also on Instagram. So make sure you follow us. Uh, we're open to have a conversation. Love it. Another woman's story. You heard it right here. Cheryl Patton Dandridge. I love you, Marty. Love you too, darling. Can't (laughs) wait. Yes. Listen, thank you guys so much. 
As always, I want to thank you for joining us for another edition of Mental Health Matters with Marty. You could have chosen any other podcast to listen to, but I am so glad that you have chosen this one. Please share and like this podcast so that we can benefit other people who you know would need mental health tools that I have given you today. Apple listeners, please give us a five-star rating and write a review for others to see. I can also be found on various social media platforms, on Facebook at Mental Health Matters with Marty, Instagram at Mental underscore Health underscore Marty, on YouTube, Martinez Sellers, on Twitter at MH underscore with Marty. Become an iMatter member of Mental Health Matters with Marty by simply texting I matter to 31996 to get all exclusive premiere information, as well as please visit our website at mentalhealthmarty.com. There you will find some amazing merchandise to support you on your journey of maintaining your mental wellness. In this journey called life, we don't want you to suffer secretly in silence in the shadow of shame. We have to stop the stinking thinking by changing our mindset and learning how to enjoy our lives always. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and live. Be safe.